Cherry production. Yeah, Gucci's verse on that song is so crazy. It is good. Just because he's like, I think, so the first thing you think he's talking about is like, he signed, uh, he has Pooh Shiesty on his uh, 1017 lo- label, I think. Mm-hmm. And he's like caught up right now because he got caught doing like a, uh, you know, like armed robbery on someone on security camera. Yikes. And he like took the case to trial and they had like all the proof. He like rapped about all the shit in his music. Uh. So he's like, guys, don't fucking rap about the shit you're doing. But then also he's like, DA dropped my case, didn't have evidence to prove it. Hmm. And he's like, uh, you know, I think my house is haunted by who the ghost of Pookie. And that's uh, the dude he got a murder trial for, but they dropped it. Oh, shit. And that was, a, that was Jeezy's boy. So you think he's going to get got? He just no, admitted no, no, to no. murder. No, he already got dropped to those charges. I'm talking about getting got it's from not that double crew. jeopardy. Oh, well, they already knew. That's oh. why Gucci and Jeezy were always kind of up against each other. That's why they had like the Gucci man versus Jeezy versus last year. Who won that? That one was so hyped. I think Gucci man won it just because like the first song he did was his diss track that he made to Jeezy after he killed his friend. <laughs> And he performed it right in front of Jeezy. <laughs> so, like, millions of people watching on live stream. Yeah, it was crazy. That's unbelievable. Yeah, Gucci Man's fucking the man. It dude. is crazy that, I mean, it's a good law that you can't be tried for the same crime over and over again. Mm-hmm. But it is crazy because then you have people, like, doing, like, the OJ thing. Yeah. Where, like, they're just like, maybe I did do it. You can't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you can't take me to court again yeah you can't do that again you can't do that again so maybe i did do it now yeah (laughs) (laughs) now that i think about it i seem to recall yeah i'm kind of remembering a few things now (laughs) (laughs) what'd you say her name was nicole brown simpson wait you mean my wife (laughs) oh Oh, yeah. her? No. Oh, that I was you were talking about someone. I thought it was someone and else. And Nicole Smith. No, you're talking yeah. about Nicole Brown. Oh, yeah, I totally yeah. killed her. And the waiter. <laughs> Y'all should have charged me for that. What? <laughs> I thought this is a whole misunderstanding, but I guess you can't try me oh, again. Oh, jeez. Golly. Okay. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, live from the studio, I'm Jimmy Seleski. Merrick Glazer. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably wondering... I know. I got to bring out the elephant. You're probably wondering, why do they sound so good right now? It sounds so good. And the reason is because let me, and you probably, maybe you haven't thought that, but let me, let me give you a little taste of what we used to sound like here. All right. Check. This is what we sound like before. Yeah. Hear this? Uh Uh-huh. Stupid. Who would listen to this podcast? Heavy and like the low end. Yeah. 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 And then... Now, this is what we sound like now. Wow. Wow. A world of difference. A world of difference. Honestly, it is. It is. It's yeah. humongous. We sound a lot better. Yep. So, uh, planning on triplifying our views, getting up to 75 views per video with this amazing sound. Took me, of course, you know, I'm always afraid to update anything in the studio because it takes me a minimum of two full days to get yeah. anything to work in here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's always worth it. And now I'm gonna like have to like rewire, get everything cleaned up. This whole bundle of cords under this table is unacceptable. <laughs> Absolutely unacceptable. I wonder if there's a way. I bet we can put like a little rack under the table that we can just put the cords on. That would be cool. Yeah. A little rack. Yeah. 
That'd be cool. Um, yeah, doing tech work. You just came from uh, doing some tech work at your parents, I believe. Yeah, my parents got a new TV in their living room. That's and, a great uh, way to feel like a tech genius is helping your parents with something. Yeah, you are. It's just, always the simplest shit. Yeah, but it's like okay, yeah. I'm not gonna call you and tell you how to log into my Netflix and all my other accounts. Like mm-hmm. I'll just do it real quick. You feel like fucking Geek Squad because you don't know how much other people don't know. Mm-hmm. That's the hardest thing. Garrett just got a Garrett Harvest who does the uh, Flopside podcast here, Baltimore comedian. He uh, just recently bought himself a mixer and two speakers. And he texted me a picture uh, the night when we were all got together to watch Scott's movie, which mm-hmm. we can, of course, discuss as well. Of course. Um, and uh, he texted me the picture, and, you know, I don't often get high. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes I do. And sometimes when you're watching your friend's movie on a festival and your other friend has a weird square vape pen, <laughs> you think, why don't I get high for this? So... I did, and then I saw that Garrett had texted me just a picture of his mixer saying, this is what I got. And I didn't know how to respond to that because I, I don't want to, like the, the, like I said, you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. So like part of me was thinking like maybe he's asking for like advice on how to set things up. Mm-hmm. And the other part of me was like maybe he's just telling you that he got this. Yeah. But in my high mind, I was like, he definitely wants your advice. <laughs> and so, and it turns out I was correct. But I was like, so I like typed out like a little paragraph while we were watching the movie. And I was like, all right, dope. So you're going to plug your microphone into channel one. You're going to run the other two into your speakers out of the main outs, blah, blah, blah. You're going to press this button, roll off the lows, blah, blah, blah. Like this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, you probably already knew that. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> like at I, the end of like nine paragraphs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I never heard back from him. And then he was like, he, he was came still his, reading it. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's still reading it. <laughs> he's on chapter three. He's got yeah. like a bookmark on the text. <laughs> and then he came in here uh, a couple days ago to record his podcast. And he was like, yeah, dude, I, I, I have no idea what you were talking about. And I was like, really? Oh, so I should have gone further into detail. It's crazy <laughs> because like to someone who like, you know, I don't like, like, it's like if you were trying to explain something about video to somebody and it's like mm-hmm. you say you use these words that like encapsulate the whole thing like exposure. And to you, you're like, yeah. yeah, just roll up the exposure or whatever the fuck you're talking about. And to people who don't know what you're talking about, they're like, what do you I don't know what you're saying, dude. Mm-hmm. But to you, it's so simple. And so it really is difficult to try to explain something to somebody who literally knows nothing about that subject. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, definitely. And I find myself like, especially on like film sets or like film shoots like whenever i need someone to help me do something i always try to because like i knew when i started like mm-hmm. especially not even coming from like film school or anything i didn't know shit and i always felt weird when people would use like you know like oh get me um get me some c47s and blah 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 mm-hmm. i'd be like uh what yeah like yeah go wrap up the stringer over there it's like okay but can you tell me what it means for like so get Get the power cord over there. Yeah, it's like, all right, w- perfect. Now I know. <laughs> that was how I felt when I was doing shoots with you guys. Because film has their own, like, vernacular, mm-hmm. you know? Like, you guys call shit different shit. F- to me, for no reason. I don't understand why tape is yeah, called no, gaff. I don't like it either. Um, so, yeah, whenever I try to, like, you know, get help or, like, have someone do a task, I definitely always know now to be like, all right, 
let's let's figure out your base knowledge like mm-hmm. let's do this okay cool perfect i yeah. can explain it like this or okay you don't know that all right let me tell you this then mm-hmm. it is weird because it is a process of normalization too because like i personally like you know when you're lining up like band jobs and you're talking to people and like explaining like okay like so here's how the event's gonna work and then like they're like do you think we should do a band or a duo and stuff like that and you don't even like a lot of times when you're setting up people's weddings and shit like that it's like you again you don't know how much they don't know so you're like trying to explain like okay so if you have a band like with a drummer it's like gonna be loud it's gonna be like that's a type of thing where you want like the focus is on the band you want people dancing like think about like a wedding reception if you want somebody to play like more background music while people walk around like and mingle and shit like that more like a cocktail hour you want this and like I find myself like typing these things out and I always feel like I'm running the risk of being like are you being like condescending right now Mm -hmm. like are you over explaining but at the same time it's like well you know if I was hitting up a lawyer like when I was talking to um Frazier's sister about trademarking uh, live from the studio for no reason. Mm-hmm. I remember her saying stuff to me and like in a paragraph and like she was using these words and these like concepts that I just had no idea. I was like, all I want to know is like, can I trademark live from the studio? Yeah. Which I came to find out, no, you can't because that is the most <laughs> generic possible name. <laughs> it's yeah, like trademarking much. the word what? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it is. But uh, it's a good and a bad thing because that means that uh, if we can't trademark it, no one can. Exactly, and that's why we picked this name. Mm-hmm. And also, that's... just because, like, I don't know, it just sounded right. You it know did. what I mean? It sounded mm-hmm. right. And then also, like, if you type in like live from the studio after anything, yeah. sometimes our shit pops up. Sometimes it does. Like, if you're just trying to find, like, you know, if you're looking for the fucking NPR, like, you know, tiny desk concerts or something, yep. you're like, all right, I want to look at. Wiz Khalifa live from the studio, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, but what is this? And then an episode it's of two Wiz random Khalifa white guys <laughs> on talking our about show, Cushion OJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dudes, I, I'm not one to uh, dwell on how awesome stuff that I have to do with is, but I will say that I am often jealous of how great the podcast name is, and. Like, I wish I felt the same way about the band name. You know what mm. I mean? Like, I like the name Sophomore. Yeah. But I still feel like when I say it to people, they're like, yo, what's the name of the band? I'm like, Sophomore. They're like, oh, okay. Yeah. But when I say, they're like, yo, what's the name of the podcast? I'm like, live from the studio. They're like, oh, I think I heard of that. Yeah. <laughs> it's I like, know. no, you haven't. No, but you, you haven't. think you did because yeah. it's that dope. But then sometimes people be like, oh, yeah. The fucking when you guys are talking about this, I'll be like, oh, wait, yeah. Wait, we did talk about it. Wait, you listen? Oh, no. <laughs> They're like, yeah, I was trying to Google uh, Wiz Khalifa live from the studio and your fucking clip talking about <laughs> measuring Drake's dick popped up. And yeah. then next thing I knew, <laughs> as I was trying to retype my search and I caught 35 seconds of you guys talking about it. And, uh, and not I bad. Auto played the fish, the fish meter. Uh, <laughs> Which the, I got, I got a text about that. Our, our bro Henry, oh hit yeah, me up and was like, you had to change income to inches, mm. and then you guys would be beating Pete. And I'm like, no, that would it would be the same thing. Yeah, we would lose. I think <laughs> yeah. I I'd lose more. <laughs> I think it's sad to say, but if because we like, were a two in income, we'd be like if we were average in income. Yeah, we were average income, and to be able to like have us and Pete on the same scale. Mm-hmm. Average wouldn't be two for inches. Yeah. We'd both be one. Yeah, we'd both be average. And, and pe- that would be, you know, like, whatever, like, one, or like, what was it, like, 3.5 to 7 inches is yeah. average. Yeah, 
So that would be one. And then <laughs> seven to 12 would be two. Mm-hmm. And then 12 plus would be three. three. Or maybe 12 plus is a bonus point. I forget how plus, we did income. Well, I think it was out of three. Income was out of two. Okay, income. Income was out of two because we don't want to insinuate that women are that shallow yeah, about yeah. income, you know. But they and and I think they probably I I would argue back with Henry because Henry also texted me that same week Ooh. criticizing the fat system, <laughs> <laughs> and he said. He said that, dude, you fucked up the whole thing. You're supposed to rate it out of 10 first and then convert them to the points. So if you're rating a girl's face out of four points, you're supposed to go, oh, she's got like an eight out of 10 face. And then you convert that to four points, which would be like a Mm 3.2. And I was like, yeah, dude, I know that. But also that's training wheels, dude, because I've been doing the fat system for literally 12 years now. Yeah, you can do that in your head. I can spot a 3.3 from a mile away. I don't need Mm -hmm. to do conversion. Yeah. You know? (laughs) (laughs) It's like long division at a certain point. Like I got to sit there and like do the fucking shit. Well, it's your times tables. You kind of naturally know, okay, two times two is four. I know exactly what that Julia Fox's face is a 3.3. Exactly. It's undisputable. Mm -hmm. Um, The fish... Scale, which I'm, I'm surprised we didn't think of this at the time. I, I know. I, I retroactively changed the name of the episode three days after I released it to the uh-huh. fish scale because I was like, why didn't we think of fish the scale? The fish scale is so <laughs> it's like, good. It's like, what the fuck, dude? Um, but I mean, the fact that we even came up with such an intricate system like that on the spot is, you know, mm-hmm. that's live from the studio. That's baby. live from the studio. That's live from the studio, dude. Making up measurements. No way. Fuck cares it. About. We do it live. <laughs> fuck it. Um, okay, no one's listening anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's going with more <laughs> shit. Um, I'd like to thank you and everyone in my inner circle for uh, celebrating the festivities of today, February fifth, two thousand twenty-two. As I just learned this morning, is the nine-year anniversary of my first blowjob. Yeah, yeah. that is true. Yes. And uh, I've got to tell you, dude, I woke up a little sad this morning for no reason. I had like a weird dream, like some stuff was going on in my head when I woke up. Um, and uh, I went on Facebook memories and I saw that uh, nine years ago, Mihai wrote on my wall saying, uh, what was it? Uh, Here, I'll pull it up. You're going to prove me right tonight, Jimmy. I believe in you. I believe that was it. Let's see, um, you will prove me right. I believe in you, Jimmy. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and of course that is in regards to February fifth, twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen, baby. I was twenty years old, going on twenty one, and as you know, uh, I needed to, I needed to get a blowjob before I turned twenty one, mm-hmm. and I thought that I still, you know, looking back. I still think that's necessary because it's not really, it's not like you're telling somebody they need to lose their virginity before 21 because that's more pressure. You know what I mean? Like getting a blowjob is harmless, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like I put a certain amount of social pressure on myself with the help of my uh, extremely critical friends to get a blowjob before I was 21. And that night marked the day where the BBBJ occurred. The buzzer Mm -hmm. beater blowjob. Which, you know, my birthday is August 20th, uh, so I actually got it in six months before I turned 21. Mm-hmm. Um, Very healthy. But I call it the buzzer beater because you got to work. Because it was still 20 <laughs> years and six months yeah. with that one. It's like, that's a buzzer beater. <laughs> a buzzer dude. beater is six months at that point. Yeah, that's unreal. 
<laughs> like if I just had one year to accomplish something and I did it in six months, that's okay. You did it by halftime. Yeah, that's not no, a buzzer. Twenty one years? That's like, dude, <laughs> that was the two minute warning, bro. Like, damn, you put in some work. <laughs> and that was also the first time in my life where I uh I led a chick on accidentally because I was so nervous with all the pressure mm-hmm. that was amassed around me getting this buzzer beater blowjob. I saw the clock ticking. Yeah. I knew that you guys You were knew all, you only had six months left. <laughs> I knew that you guys were all separately hanging out in somebody else's place wondering what was happening. Exactly. Because I had just come from that place. Mm-hmm. And uh, when she first went to go do it, I could not get hard at all. I was soft as a fucking cotton pillow, dude. Mm-hmm. Couldn't do it. And I remember in my head being like, oh my God, I'm, this is this is a nightmare. This yeah. is a nightmare. This girl is trying to blow me. I'm finally about to do this and I can't get hard. And so to cover up the fact that I was so nervous about getting my first ever blowjob at 20 and a half years old, mm-hmm. I instead said, I think it's because I like you too much. <laughs> to which she took seriously. And that wound up being a three to four month saga of her eventually hating me. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is okay. It's okay. Yeah. It's because, okay. You know, everyone's young, dumb, mm-hmm. full of cum, you know? Yep. And uh, so I gave up the first round and then I got in my senses again. We like, you know, watched some TV and went back at it and then ba ba boom. It was over. And then I immediately texted you guys. Yeah. I don't even think I put my pants on yet. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, nine years ago, dude, Feb 5th. Yeah. What a day in Slab's history, dude. Cheers. Cheers, man. Cheers. Uh, Yeah, so that's fun. February's a weird month. There's a lot of stuff uh, happening. uh, January, mainly. The main thing about February is it signifies that January is over. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I realized how much january sucks until this january yeah january is the mondays of months it really is yeah it really is it, did you did you notice it this year more so than other years um i think it just sucked more this year because it was way colder than it's been normally yeah it's been so fucking cold this january mm-hmm. it sucks and it was weird because like the second it became february it got like bearable outside again mm-hmm. and i don't even know if it's mental because right now it's 31 degrees outside which is cold but it doesn't feel cold But it's not like one of, the other night it was like all right it's gonna be seven degrees tonight real feel negative eight mm. <laughs> and i don't remember that ever happening <laughs> dude january is the worst i i tweeted that and somebody replied and said no way february and i was like no. Damn, dude. Were you racist? Yeah, exactly. That, that is what ass. I said. <laughs> I said, first of all, that's racist. Mm-hmm. Second of all, not at all. Think about January. How do you rate a month? Okay, so I feel like criteria would be important holidays, mm-hmm. um, the season, obviously, of which is going on. Those are the main things. So January is just new year's day which is the worst it's i not hate. it's literally a holiday to be hung over it's on. the sunday of holidays mm-hmm. it's the end of a fun december which is all yeah, holidays. Chock full of fucking christmas christmas eve new year's eve and then Pretty you, m- the fucking the lost week nobody's working nobody's doing anything and then you wake up on january 1st hung over from new year's eve and you're like damn <sighs> back to the fucking grind yeah 
It is the worst day, and that's its only holiday. Mm-hmm. January's only holiday is the worst holiday. It's the worst holiday. And it's a 31-day month, so it's let's, not like it's... Let's talk about February, though. February? Right off the bat, obviously, the whole month, Black History Month. Yes. Um, February, the, like usually, you know, very early February, Lunar New Year. Boom. Gotta awesome. have that. Cool shit with that. Get some specials at your favorite Chinese restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, got fucking MLK Day, President's Day, a lot of sales going on. Is President's Day February? Yeah, I think so. It's like February 16th or some shit. Oh, let me check my calendar. Um, oh, it's 21st this year. 21st this year. Third okay. Monday in February. Um, uh, Valentine's Day, of course, the yeah. big one. Yeah. And, and Valentine's Day, see, this is the thing. You can always tell. Valentine's Day is an extremely polarizing holiday for people because mm-hmm. if you are a romantic type and you're in a relationship valentine mainly if you're a a a girl in a relationship Mm -hmm. which let's say 50 percent of the population are girls i think that's a fair estimate and one in let's say 50 percent of them are in a relationship is that Mm -hmm. fair sure why not just let's just say 25 percent of the population is a girl in a relationship Mm -hmm. they love valentine's day they love it um girls not in relationships absolutely hate valentine's day or they still celebrate it just with their friends yeah but there's always a little bit of like contempt there i feel like when yeah, like probably there's like single girls i feel like like you know I'm, I'm just generalizing here but i do feel like being like there's like when a girl doesn't get like she'll buy herself flowers for valentine's day or something mm-hmm. there's a little bit of like a fuck you to society yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what i mean so it's like it's a little bit of like an ironic celebration like fuck it we'll just get together and celebrate valentine's day together because like who needs men like that time of thing. it's like it's like one of those things um i would say the the demographic of people that enjoy valentine's day the second most besides girls in a relationship are guys not in a relationship yeah, because I don't have to do shit. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything. You can, and if you work in a restaurant, you make tons of money. Mm-hmm. You're serving tables. You're sitting there. It's like everybody's kind of like you're yeah, watching. The guy doesn't tip good. He's not getting head later. Exactly. Yeah. It's like guys that aren't in a relationship on Valentine's Day are like fucking living, baby. It's a holiday that has nothing to do with me, but I like those holidays. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. It's because everyone else is usually in a good mood. Exactly. All right, cool. So now I'm in a good mood. As a single guy, I feed off of everyone else's vibe around me Mm because I have nothing of my own. You're not single. (laughs) Well, I'm not single. (laughs) (laughs) Which is why I posture my third and most relevant uh, demographic, which is guys in a relationship Mm -hmm. coming in at third place for the enjoyment of Valentine's Day. And I would venture to say that, you know, Valentine's Day for a guy is more of a, um, and I don't mean this in a bad way. It's an easier um, birthday. Yes. It's an easier birthday, but it's also kind of a little bit of an assignment. And I don't mean this like it's a chore, mm-hmm. but it is an assignment. Mm-hmm. You know, a chore insinuates it's something you don't want to do. Yeah. An assignment is something that you have to do that you may or may not want to do. But it is something that you still have to do. You know what I mean? And so, like, on Valentine's Day, there is an expectation, which unfortunately I did not become aware of until after uh, I was broken up with my ex-girlfriend, that you have to do stuff on Valentine's Day. You have to do something. I mean, but it's like... It doesn't have to be crazy. It doesn't have to be crazy. Like, what me and Liz have done the last couple of years is just like, all right, let's just make a really nice dinner at home, Mm -hmm. just because we don't feel like going out. Yes. Um... 
I mean, other years we'd go to restaurants or something. Like we'd go mm-hmm. to like our favorite restaurant in DC, or like we went to the the restaurant at the um, Visionary Art Museum one time before it closed. Mm-hmm. Just like you know, it doesn't have to be anything crazy, but it's yeah. just like all right, let's do something where there's either like all right, this makes sense because of like we've been here before and like we like it, or like mm-hmm. let's try something new that we haven't done before that looks cool, yes. or. But it requires forward planning sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, but not you, that much. Like, for me, I would say that, like, you don't necessarily have to give them a gift. But the hardest thing in my life uh, has always been planning ahead, you mm-hmm. know? And it's not because I can't. It's more so because I've always been the type of person that's like, you know, like, what am I doing today? Oh, maybe I'll hit up this person. Maybe I'll go do this. Maybe I'll go to the studio for a bit. And it's like, I don't ever really put that much stock in being like, all right, next Thursday, I'm going to do this exact thing. Unless it's like kind of like comes to me, like there's a big group chat, they're like, yo, yeah. we're doing this. I'm like, okay. So with Valentine's Day, it's like, even if you're planning uh, just to do something lighthearted, like a dinner, you still want to make sure that you've canceled all your other plans, you have another obligations, maybe oh, yeah. stuff like that. I'm talking like very minor shit. Which but for the most part, like, I don't know. For me, if like, I know it's a holiday, I'm not really planning shit on that. Yeah. I'm kind of planning to do like, okay, yeah, I'm probably going to do dinner or whatever. Mm. Like, well, that's where I, I, I think this is important to subsect this demographic because mm. I think we are representatives of these two sides here. Okay. So men in relationships, you have uh, good boyfriends. <laughs> and bad boyfriends. <laughs> and bad boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> and so good boyfriends. What did you do? What are you planning to do on Valentine's Day already? Oh, I, I actually, this year, I made a reservation to okay. a restaurant. There you go. Okay. And it so was you're hard. you a good boyfriend? Come it on. It was hard. No, it's not. Just call them fucking open table. Dude, I tried calling up this place. And I call in places because I'm old fashioned, baby. I'm a bad boyfriend, dude. <laughs> bad boyfriends call places, dude. We don't bad have the open table don't app. Use the internet. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have open table because that would mean that in in the past we planned shit for people, mm. which we we have not done. Mm-hmm. I haven't okay. done. So I just have to go the old fashioned way. Call them up and be like, you know, hey, this is you know the rest. I can't say it because it's yeah. a surprise. Even, and also our fans will fucking. Dox us. They'll dox us. They'll Let call us in know. a bomb threat to the restaurant during yeah. Jimmy's I, Valentine's Day dinner. I like how right now I'm censoring what I'm saying in case my girlfriend listens, even though this entire segment is preceded by me celebrating the anniversary of my first, first blowjob. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, she already turned it off. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I think we're good. Yeah. So I make this reservation, and the guy picks up, and he's like, "Hey, how's it going?" And uh, I'm like, yeah, I want to make a, a reservation for Monday, February 14th, thinking I'm going to trick him mm-hmm. because I'm worried that he's going to be like, oh, that's Valentine's Day. We don't have any open reservations. Yeah. But I figured I'm not going to tell him it's Valentine's uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just going to tell him. Monday, February 14th, he's going to be sitting there and be like, oh, it's a fucking Monday, dude. You're in there, dog. Yeah. Like he's not going to pull up the thing and be like, like oh, He's not wait. just going to hear February 14th and automatically be like, oh, yeah, that's Valentine's Day. Yeah. So I say February 14th. And then we get to the process. And then he's like, okay, Valentine's Day? <laughs> I'm like, what? Wait. Really? Huh? Oh, that's Val. Oh, shit. Okay. Okay, wow. You sure? All right. Yeah, I guess. I guess we could. Okay, fine. Is it? I guess we can do that. And um, immediately he asked me what time, and then the phone hangs up. 
just hangs oh, up. Oh, fuck. Then I call back three more times. Oh, no. And I go straight to voicemail. And I'm thinking, oh, no. do these guys think I'm a bad boyfriend right now? Dude, they're not picking up the phone now. Yeah. You know? So then finally I call back again, get disconnected again. And on the fifth attempt at calling, I finally managed to get all my words in there and get the reservation locked in. Okay, Mind nice. you, I did this three weeks ago. Yeah. It's a month ahead of Valentine's Day. Okay, so hell And yeah. I locked it in, you there know? You but that's also... But what was the, the fucking ruckus? I don't know. Why do they kept... De- why, yeah, okay. They probably don't know how to handle people calling them up. Maybe. Maybe they're so used to people making reservations on open table, but like... I, I I always am a proponent of calling places still. And I half of it's being old-fashioned. Half of it is having a phone that will lose 20% battery anytime I open up an app. <laughs> but the other... 13% of it is that you do have a little bit more leeway when you call. Yeah. Because an app, if something is even iffy, it is restricted. black black out the time slot that you want. And like, whereas if you talk to somebody on the phone, they could be like, oh, well, we're showing um, that six isn't available, but honestly, you know, we'll probably get this table seated at five forty-five. So I could, I could get you in at six. That's not happening on an app. That, that's just no. going to be an unclickable button on the app, and like you just get a better. I don't know. It's just, it just even when you call up a place to order food, it's like yeah, you get more leeway. Mm-hmm. And it's um, quicker. It's quicker sometimes. Yeah, it is quicker sometimes. Ordering, you call up a pizza place, hey, can I get this with this and this on it? It's like, okay, cool. Yeah. For like, if you're ordering a sub, it's easier to just call it in mm-hmm. than doing an app because they're not going to give you all the options. You're going to have to fucking write it all out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I agree with you on that. But for something like, I don't know, just get a fucking open table, dude. Plug yep. your phone in and get open table. <laughs> <laughs> plug, plug the phone in. <laughs> oh, shit. Here's my letter. Oh, yeah, man. but uh, this whole tangent, of course, was uh, brought on about the conversation about February. February is a month that is is kind because... Well, it's so short, and it's chock full of so many holidays. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy. The only thing that sucks about February is that you kind of have to make more money during it per day mm-hmm. to make your bills. To offset, yeah. It's kind of... I was thinking about this the other it's day. It's only three days, though, really. But that's still... Okay, a month is 30 days... So you on so average it's only two days. Well, uh, okay. Let's say let's let's make this easy math. We're okay. gonna we're gonna fudge some numbers. We're gonna flip some stuff around. Yeah, make it more palatable for the listeners here. Let's say on average a month is thirty days, which is true. Yeah. Um. Let's also say that some months, half of them, can be thirty-one. Mm-hmm. So, in respect to February being twenty-eight days, most times. Usually, let's just call it you're missing out on three days. Yeah. Right? Now, if you accept that an average month is 30 days, and you're missing out on three days in February, potentially, you're missing out on 10% of the month. Mm. Give or take. Okay. Around, I'll, 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 we'll keep going with it. <laughs> yeah, let's keep going with it. Dude. 10's a little high, though. Derail me with your facts and <laughs> figures, dude. <laughs> You're miss three days out of thirty days. That's ten percent. Sure. Yeah. Okay. That would technically mean that you kind of have to make ten percent more per day in February to be able to make all your bills at the end of that month. 
kind of. Kind of. Again, this math doesn't completely check out, mm-hmm. but it kind of, it's the the sentiment. But it's almost there. <laughs> it's almost there. It's this, right there. <laughs> we're closer than if we weren't talking about this at all. Exactly. We're closer to the truth than mm. if we just ignored this subject, which is important. That is the one thing that sucks about February. You kind of have to make more money. Like, like okay, usually I have 31 days to make enough money to pay for my rent and cable and all this shit. Now I only have 28 days. Mm-hmm. What happens to those three days? Well, that's just part of March. Now, Wait, can March I throw 3rd, something in real quick. What? How much do you pay for your cable? Too much. Because mine is way too much. Two hundred dollars, ridiculous, really? dude. I'm paying one forty. I was for literally the you know basic ass cable channels, and then like internet that gets cut off like once a week usually, just because they're like doing maintenance or some bullshit, dude. I was paying one for you. Just moved into your place two years ago. No, so I was paying less. I was paying like ninety nine bucks when you for like the in. first twelve months, and then they jacked it up to one forty. They jacked it up to like one twenty, and then one forty for no reason. Yeah, dude. I w- there was a time when I was paying one forty, but that was the deal. And then every year, for no reason that I can surmise, it just goes up like twenty dollars every yeah. year. It's so dumb. And I don't know why. It's like you guys are becoming less and less relevant to my life. Yeah. I don't need cable. And I keep trying to look into it. I think this is where you need to call someone. You can't just do it online. Mm -hmm. I need to figure out how I can just literally get internet. Because I barely even use TV. I just need internet. But I can't get as fast internet as I have now Mm -hmm. for less money than I'm paying for like internet and cable. Mm -hmm. Doesn't make any fucking sense. Well, they don't want you to not have cable. Yeah. They, like, make it so that they're like, well, you can just get internet, but it's going to be, And you only like, get, like, DSL speed. Yeah. Or you can get internet and voice, and it's cheaper than just internet, and it's three times as fast. Yeah. Like, why? But you have to... But you ha- now you have cable... And like landline service, like what? Yeah. <laughs> I don't need landline service, I don't need dude. Any of that shit. I thought that was nice with um the screen movie, which we just partook in mm-hmm. the other day. Uh, that they still found a way to make the landline a thing. Yeah, but like they did it in a very 2022 way, where the girl was like texting her phone, be like, "Somebody's calling my fucking landline." Yeah, you know, <laughs> it was almost like a 27, 2014 premise because. I don't even know anybody who... My, my parents don't have a landline anymore. Really? Mine do. do. They do? Yeah. They still have one. Yeah, we, we watched a lot of movies this week. I mean, you kind of uh, alluded to it earlier, but over the weekend, we went over to my brother's house because longtime friend, friend of the cast, Scott Albrecht, um, he was in a movie that was premiering at Slamdance, which is kind of like... A so, middle finger to Sundance a little bit. So, yeah, think about it this way. There's Artscape in the city, right? There's Artscape in Baltimore City, but there's also Ratscape. Ratscape is, like, the alternative, like, underground version of Artscape put on by, like, you know, whoever. Mm-hmm. Slam dance is kind of the same thing, but it kind of, in in a sense, kind of started in the same way. Like, artists didn't get into Sundance, so they're like, fuck it, we'll make our own thing. I just realized, yeah, art, Artscape and Ratscape, that's just if you rearrange the letters and 
Park. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Well, and then also Rat is, you know, Baltimore and shit. That's our mascot. It's our mascot. <laughs> the rats. It's our it's our mascot. And then if anyone outside of Baltimore says we have rats, we're like, fuck you, dude. Fuck kidding me, dude. Are you, what? Trying to enjoy my time at Ratscape. <laughs> you fucking make fun of us for having rats. What the fuck? I have a rat bumper sticker that says Baltimore on my car, but you're flaming me about it? <laughs> fuck you, dude. You don't know what you're talking about. What the fuck you're talking about, dude? I only see like 10 rats a day. They're not everywhere. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, people yes. are fucking stupid. So that's Slam Dance, and it's basically... Uh, as, and I love Baltimore. Yeah, I'm just of course we love Baltimore. We and, love Baltimore. And, and you know, I live in Baltimore, but people are so fucking... They're, like, they're, they're ludicrous about it. It's just... You're just being hypocrites. Yeah, it's a very... It's a silly mentality. You know who else loves Baltimore? Rats. Rats, Rats love, love Baltimore. Baltimore. And Rats you know love that Baltimore uh, trash collection have been lacking recently. Yeah, lacking. Lacking. <laughs> They've been That's lacking. Rats come in. That's the rats. Baltimore actually hired the rats freelance <laughs> to uh, clean up the rest of the trash. Subcontractors, yeah. 1099, these rats. <laughs> Tax-free, baby. <laughs> um, so Scott's movie. Yeah, Scott's movie. Called uh, um, Actual People, actual I believe. Actual um, And I'll just say this. Standout performance by our buddy Scott, mainly because most of the other performances weren't that great. Well, they were and stand- I'm not trying to be a hater here. We're not being haters. We're being movie critics. We're, being we're talking critics. to Roger and Ebert right now. Yeah, movie would critics. You be, would you be Roger or Ebert, or is that the same person? I think it's the same person, but my entire. No, it's is it? It's Roker, Roger Ebert. Roker and Ebert. Yeah, but that's... Well, Roger Ebert is the one guy. It used to be like two guys, I thought. Yeah, it was, but I always used to just say Roger and Ebert up until last month when I was captioning something, and I was like, wait, let me just make sure this is a thing, (laughs) and then it wasn't, and I was like, fuck it, I'm doing it anyway, because it sounds better, and I think think that I I, only because your name is Eric and it starts with an E, Mm -hmm. I would say you're Ebert, Okay, and I'm Roger. You're Roger. So this is Roger <laughs> and Ebert. Yeah. <laughs> so now it's a thing. Now it's a thing. <laughs> we just made it up. Thank, thank us later for making this yet another thing this early yeah. into the podcast. Trendsetters. <laughs> so uh, honest movie critique. Um, this girl apparently is on the production company of Lena Dunham, as your brother told us correct? yeah something or i think like it was executive produced by like one of the people from girls or something mm-hmm. um but it was kind of in that same like you know style of like you know this is a look into the life of a you know millennial or like yeah. zillennial, zillennial or girl girl you know she has a breakdown in her senior year of college because she uh, fucked a dude yeah, and she and then like you know, yeah. led the roommate on or something, and then mm-hmm. he kicked her out, so now she has to move back to Philly, mm-hmm. and then, oh, hooking up with Scott at a party. Oh, yep. my God, I've never fucked another half-Asian yep. before. Now I feel complete. Let me just stalk him <laughs> for the rest of the movie. I was whole Asian for that three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> for a time. For a Three time. minutes, to be exact. <laughs> and they cut out the blowjob scene. Yeah, apparently they cut out the blowjob Which... scene. Which... Was a main selling point for we me. We wanted to see the blowjob. I wanted to see my friend get pretend blown mm-hmm. live on the air. I know. And they took that away from me. And, and okay, so here's what I'd say about the movie um, good concepts, mm-hmm. honest concepts with the wrong take. Mm. There were 
so many parts of that movie that were like real things that they just took the completely, in my opinion, wrong angle. Mm. Um, most notably in the roommate and her dynamic. Now, uh, there is a portion of the movie where the roommate walks, he's like making something in the kitchen, cereal, some typical zillennial, I'm in college yeah. food. Mm-hmm. And she's sitting at the computer in her underwear. This is a growing guy roommate. Mm-hmm. And they, as you gather from the scene, had previously had sex at some point. Yeah. You know, they went out, they were drinking, whatever they fucked. He kindly brings up the idea that, hey, um, you know, ever since that happened between us, you know, you kind of walk around the apartment in your underwear. And it's just kind of confusing to be living here in this space with you. And like, it makes me wonder, like, is there, st- is there something or like, how am I supposed to respond to this? Mm-hmm. To which, okay, that to me is a wonderful concern. Yeah. I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. She then takes to me the completely wrong angle on that, which is, oh, what? Just because I'm a chick and I walk around in my underwear, that means you want to. F- I want to fuck you. And I'm like, all right. I could maybe see that argument if you hadn't already fucked him. Mm-hmm. But you live in a house together. And what does he say? What does he say? I forget. I don't he know. says, well, you know, it's just weird because what if I come back here with like another girl that I'm trying, don't worry about it. What if I come back here with another girl that I'm trying to see? And she sees you walking around in your underwear. What's she going to yeah, think? Completely fair. Totally fair. Now, our friend Marissa, uh, much more on her side of the things, is like, yeah, just because blah, 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 blah. That means she wants to fucking. I was like, all right, let's put it in perspective here. You're dating Dan. Mm. You go over Dan's apartment on your first or second date. You guys are hanging out. All of a sudden, Dan's... Young, hot roommate starts parading around the house in her underwear and Mm T-shirt. And then she goes, so who's that? And then Dan goes, oh, that's just my roommate. And then you go, oh, oh. So, like, nothing's, um, like, you guys are just, like, roommates. It's whatever. It's like, oh, well, we did fuck, like, a month ago. But, like, it's totally nothing. It's totally nothing. How would you feel as a girl in that situation? Are you cool with that? Very (laughs) awkward. I go over. I, I go over. My a girl that I'm seeing's house, and then fucking Chad walks out of the room and just his boxers, mm-hmm. ripped than me, ripped her. hotter than me. They've already fucked once. Already fucked the girl I'm trying to fuck. Yeah, and paying rent at this place. I'm sitting on half of his couch. Yeah, at this moment <laughs> as we speak, I'm drinking his water mm-hmm. out of probably his cup, and then I go, "Oh, who's that guy? Oh, that's just Chad. He's my roommate." Um, yeah, we fucked like a month ago, but like it's whatever. Come on. They that's the uh, that's the correct opinion in yeah. that situation. And they just took this totally like like crazy fucking like, no, you're the problem for thinking this is a problem. Yeah, you're the problem for thinking this is a problem. Also, thank you for letting me stay here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm not even paying rent. Yeah. I'm just staying here. <laughs> I pay like, rent by walking around in my underwear. Yeah. That was the agreement. Yeah. And now I feel like there's a misunderstanding here. <laughs> so that's that's take 1 that pissed me off. Take 2 
was after the fact she gets drunk again. This completely negates her previous argument, by the way. Mm-hmm. Because later well, on... and then this also happens after he says, like, hey, you got to move out. I'm going to try to find another roommate. This is just kind of weird, like, mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. And then, you know, she's struggling to find another place. She's like, oh, I might have to move back to Philly, da, 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 da. And yeah, then, she was really not stoked about moving back to Philly, which you mentioned before. Yeah. Like they were talking about like moving to another major city mm-hmm. as being like moving back to fucking Elkton, yeah, Maryland. Fuck nowhere. Like, oh my god, I got to move back to fucking you know Smallsville, Kentucky. It's like you're moving to Philly. Yeah, that's like the it's the closest biggest city. Yeah, you're in New York, to New York, and you're yeah. moving to Philly. Yeah, where like you could literally do the same thing, have mm-hmm. the same lifestyle. You could even still just go up to New York. It's like an hour train ride. Yeah. So some people commute for more than that. She comes back to the place after the, you know some parts of the movie have developed and then they're sitting on the couch. She walks into his room. He has a couch in his room, which is cool. Mm, that so is chill. You already know this guy has some fucking swag. He's already fucked his roommate once and he'll do it again. Mm-hmm. So you would think. And then I mean, I think he kind of was like, if I fuck you now, I can't kick you out. So I'm going to kick you out. <laughs> I'm not going to fuck you. <laughs> yeah, but what was unrealistic about it, though. Is that he didn't fuck her? He didn't fuck her. Yeah. That's not true. Because he was definitely in love with her. A girl that you like comes, you fucked her once, you live with her, she walks around the house in underwear all the time, you get in a little argument about it that's inconclusive about what's going on, and then a week later... She comes into your room, sits on your couch, and tries to fuck you again. And your response is, no. <laughs> no. 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 I don't want pussy. No. What are you talking about? That totally yeah. took me out of the movie. I was, I was completely prepared at that moment to get back on board with the movie. I was, I like, was like, this is going to be an interesting direction because it's like, I still don't think this guy, this girl likes him, but she's like, fuck, if I fuck him once, I'll, like, be able to stay here at least another month and figure shit out. Like, I totally thought that's how that show was going to go. And that's, like, what she and it's like, like, okay, yeah, that's, like, interesting character development. Yeah. But, like, yeah, then it was kind of weird. And then, like, um, you know, she goes down to Philly to stalk Scott and then, like, ends up at a party with her sister who, like, gets introduced right then. So you're like, okay, there's no, like, emotional resonance with this just because it's a brand new character to us mm-hmm. um and then like you know she finds out her sister fucks scott at the party and all this and that's other crazy also shit. the first time you find out that she's half asian too yeah because they went and found the asianist sister possible mm-hmm. and then the mom was like super asian as well yeah, yeah. which is realistic because i honestly didn't know scott was half asian until mm-hmm. i met his mom yeah for i sure. thought he was joking yeah i was like what are you fucking Hawaiian, like what are well, you? Well, it's just interesting, like the way, like because you know, Scott and Wolfie are both you know his parents' kids, but in one sense, Scott looks a little bit more German, and then mm-hmm. Wolfie looks a little bit more Korean. Yep, it's interesting how that works out. So the takeaway here is good ideas, bad execution. And I don't want to, and I might, I might not tag on to that because I just, I don't want to be too much of a hater. Yeah, but um, I will say, you know, the person who really shined through the most for me was our boy Scott. And that, of course, is what I was building up to when I said that because I think that it is important, uh, as I said, countless times Mm -hmm. on that evening when I was almost high, that 
it's almost better that Scott was in a movie that he could be so blatantly a better actor and stand out mm-hmm. like that. It's it made him it made him like the shining star of this movie where you're yeah. like you're just waiting for more Scott scenes, <laughs> not just because you're friends with him. Yeah, I'm sure that had something to do you're with like, it. This is the most interesting character in this yeah. movie. Like this guy is a bel- and he did he not play the role of a guy that fucked you once at a party? That's not like a total piece of shit. Yeah, but still like not trying to hang out with you again. That is look too often in storytelling we tend to uh just immerse ourselves in these archetypes and so many times in that movie they they seem to take this uh angle where it was like you know they just did like the typical archetypes like they're sitting at a bar and then you have like the regular white guy who's just mouthing off about fucking media censorship and global warming and stuff and you're like okay so they have completely just committed to like the just generic white guy archetype you Mm -hmm. know and then you have this generic arch blah 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 and so you would think that in a movie with a uh an actor that was less willing to explore the depths of his character that scott would have been much more likely to just portray the archetypal fuckboy Mm-hmm. The archetypal, like, I don't know, man. Like, it was just a fucking hookup. Like, I don't know why you're fucking freaking out about it. You know, like, why the fuck are you even down here? Like, <laughs> I'm fucking filming skate videos. And you just pop in and you're trying to, like, say this. Like, that is how you would have thought Scott would have played it. But he did something that I think more men can relate to, which is, oh my God, I did hook up with this girl. Uh, I'm not really trying to date this girl. But I'm not a piece of shit. Yeah. So how can I like smooth this over and be like, hey, like, you know, like, you know, it was a good time. And like, yeah, I guess we could get together sometime. But just like I've been really busy lately. So like, why don't you just text me? Just let me know next time you're in the city. Like, maybe we can get together. I don't know. Like, blah, blah, blah. And then in that one scene, he brought out of her for the first time what I perceive to be a genuinely authentic emotion. Mm. which was her reacting to that because I feel as if that scene hit home for so many people because, wow, that's how life really works. Yeah. And who did that? Scott God. did that. Yeah. Scott did that because he's an actual person. Mm-hmm. For a movie called Actual People, why was Scott the only actual person? Damn. A movie called Actual People the roommate would have fucked that girl again. That's an actual person. <laughs> it's an actual person. Yeah. Not a fucking movie character. Not the, no. The real person made a, a sister and her sister Eskimo twins. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> That's an actual person. Oh, dude, he I forgot he did fuck the sister he too. He fucked the sister at that the party. That is awesome. That is yeah. an actual person. That's an actual person. Wow, we totally forgot to bring that up, too. Shout out, Scott. Shout out, Scott Albrecht, <laughs> banging two chicks in one movie and still being the coolest guy. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. What a fucking, what a time, dude. What a time. What a time to be alive, dude. Mm-hmm. We also caught uh, the new Scream. We had a movie-filled week. We did. We did a lot um, of movie-related things. caught the new Scream uh, in the movie theaters. That was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to talk too much about it because it's pretty fresh i don't want to spoil anything yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. if you're on the fence i'd say go check it out go check it out i mean if you're if you're a fan of the scream series 
and you've seen the first one recently, you'll get a lot of the shit. Scream is, uh, first of all, uh, you know, in this day and age where every piece of new content is generally derived from some earlier piece of content that was very successful, mm-hmm. um, very few reboots or remakes or whatever you want to call them uh, live up to the hype because they're just trying to basically like reheat whatever they did in the previous movies that was successful. And I'm not saying Scream didn't do that, but if you compare it to the Halloween remake where, uh, which just came out this past Halloween, which Mm -hmm. I believe is probably the reason why Scream didn't come out until now because they didn't want to have to compete with the release of that. You know? Yeah, definitely. Because if you think about it, like, late January is a weird time to put out a horror film, I would think. I mean, I would I would think that, like, the best time to put out a horror film is, like, late summer, fall, around that, like, spooky season time. Because that's really when everybody's, like, really in the mood to see some spooky shit, you know? Definitely. Um, Scream didn't do that. But I think they executed whatever it was they were trying to do so much better than... Uh, Halloween did. I mean, yeah. I really. I, I mean, I I I watched the Halloween movie. So the one we watched was the second in a trilogy, I believe. Uh, the Scream one. No, the Halloween one. The Halloween one. Okay. How the Scream was kind of like. I think they were even doing like you know commentary on that. They're talking about how the Halloween new mm-hmm. trilogy was like. It brings in a brand new cast, but also has support from the legacy cast. Yes. Um. So, like, I think, you know, that's what they were going for with this one. And, yeah. So, we talked about this, like, right after the movie was over. I think a lot of, like, the meta commentary like that, I liked some of it just because that's kind of what Scream is. Yes. Like, as just, like, a basic concept, the first movie was just meta commentary on horror movies. Yes. Um, But this one... I don't know if they pushed it a little too hard sometimes. Like, for some mm-hmm. scenes, it seemed like they are just like, all right, well, this entire scene is just going to be talking to the audience directly. Yeah, yeah. And I noticed that, too. There were definitely some certain scenes, particularly towards the end, where, like, the old cast was, like, uh, uh, the, the older chicks, Courtney Cox and Nev Campbell, were mm-hmm. like, uh, you can't leave because... You know, you ever heard about they always come for the original? Well, we're the originals or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. well, I think that's in the vein tripe. of Scream. I think, I guess my scene I was talking about that really dra- like dragged on was when they all met up at um, Jamie Kennedy's like niece and nephew's house where mm-hmm. they had their first big meeting with everyone and then Dewey came. Gotcha. Um, there's just like a lot of shit in that where it was like, all right, a lot of this is just like, you know, explaining where we are now, explaining the concepts, but then like they went way too far <laughs> off the deep end in that scene where they just kept talking about like literally like they were just like saying meta shit about what already happened in the movie, like yeah. playing it off as if like, oh no, this is just like how we think. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say in their defense, um, I will say that one but of I liked the, it. 
One of the biggest, uh, I think, drawbacks or, or, or stumbling points that a movie like that, a reboot where you're trying to make a movie which both... You're trying to bring in new fans, but also keep, appease the ones that have been here the whole time. Exactly. Yeah. And so you do kind of draw that fine line where it's like, okay, a person who's seen all the previous Scream movies is immediately going to pick up, if not without any hints, at least with one hint, to be like, oh, yeah, that's what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. But a person who isn't familiar with those previous movies is going to need a little bit more context to really truly absorb what it is and so there is a fine line that you have to walk when you're making a movie like that to kind of incorporate the new fans into the scene so that they are in the same boat as the old fans because you're you're not just trying to make a movie that simply appeals to the people that are already like the movie you're trying to bring in new fans and i think that's one of the missteps that halloween took is there's so many quote-unquote easter eggs in there but they're easter eggs strictly for people that already know where to find them you know what what i mean by that is like only a person who has seen all the previous movies and is a fan of the you know anthology is going to have picked up that like oh this police officer is that guy from Halloween Four and this person is this person and it's like okay but if you're gonna make that a major selling point of this new movie that you're bringing in all these old cast members yeah then you have to in some way figure out a way to make that also appeal to people that aren't aware of that yeah and, well and then I think I think a, th- a good thing that the Halloween movie did was like they had the they had like what it seemed like was extra footage from mm-hmm. like the OG Halloween movie. Yeah. And they kind of spliced that in as like, kind of like, you know, whatever the fuck that's called, back of flashbacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that kind of worked. Yeah, there wasn't really much of that in Scream. But also I think the way they executed it as like, they made the new girl, Sam, kind of more headstrong. She didn't really even want to get advice from like, Nev Campbell's uh, mm-hmm. Cox at all, just because she was like, "No, fuck it, I'm like I'm leaving, I'm yeah, going, I'm, I'm doing this, yeah. I'm doing my own shit." So, and that's kind of like the new audience being brought in, like, "Fuck it, well, you know, everything is new to us, yeah, whatever." And then the old fans can kind of relate to, you know, obviously the OG characters. Yeah. No, I, I, okay, I would say that, yeah, they, I think they had the right idea, and I think they. Pr- pretty much did about as good as they could have done Definitely. with that concept because without it making is, it a full reboot exactly because they seemed very committed from the jump to not only not be what they called elevated horror mm-hmm. which is well even in the first scene you know it's a it's a rehab like most scream movies um they all have like the first scene of the babysitter whoever the girl alone in the house by herself mm-hmm. killer calls gonna play a game yeah 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 um but i think i liked the way how they did this where it was like like stab already existed in that universe like mm-hmm. all that all the shit already existed but like and i think alex brought it up it was kind of interesting like world building thing where it's mm-hmm. like he did the trivia of like who was in who's the babysitter played by who got killed and she's like Heather Graham, which is Drew Barrymore's character in the first Scream, oh, or like shit. in the movie in Stab, which is like Scream Two, I think. Um, yeah, it's just like little things like that where like a new 
it doesn't really make sense to the new person, but mm-hmm. it still makes sense in the movie. And then like the fans can be like, oh shit. I think the scream just idea, the Wes Craven original concept of that was so uh I'm gonna say groundbreaking. Definitely. I'm gonna say groundbreaking because they kind of uh they kind of acknowledged the campiness of so many of those 80s slashers mm. like Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street and Halloween where they found a way to still make it scary dude those those stab scenes were no joke no yeah they were stabbing crazy. the fuck out of people yeah um but they still found a way to like kind of a wink at the audience which is what makes scream cool mm. you know because then you, i think that that eventually led to the phenomenon we had in the early 2000s, which was the parody movie, like Scary Movie, yeah. Date Movie, uh, whatever fucking... There was there was so many of them mm-hmm. like that came out. It was like a whole franchise for a while where it was just all about like people making fun of the tropes of all these types of movies. But Scream found a way to do that while still being a in horror movie. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that whatever they were trying to do... They pretty much executed, I, I would say, a B, maybe B minus level, which is better than most. Yeah, reboots. that's still good. That's like, still good. If that's on Rotten Tomatoes, that's still, you know, 80%. getting a tomato meter or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And then you look at other things like Sex and the City and these other reboots that have come out where like they completely flop and the fans are like, what the fuck is going on? You completely yeah. change the characters. You completely like yeah, just... you're pissed about the reboot of Sex and the City. Oh, I was. I was. <laughs> and I didn't even watch it. <laughs> I didn't even watch it. But like, yeah, so I, I was I was it was a it was a pleasurable it was a flick. A flick is a movie a that you just flick on. It's not something I'm gonna be like, dude. You gotta watch it. But it was like, okay, dude. I recommend that uh, if you want to see a, a pretty good scary movie, watch Scream. Watch Scream. On that note, I'm gonna take a it's the end of the movie can you, corner. Can you tell us about some sponsors while I'm gone? I'll be away shortly. Yeah. Um, this podcast is sponsored by Penis. Penis. Get it at your local Seven Eleven. Um, no, I don't know. I was just looking around there. Apparently on Jimmy's notes, it just says penis. So that's what I was talking about. Um, folks, you're, uh, you know, you've been listening to live from the studio for years now. Uh, but catch up on all the greatest moments alive from the studio with our new CD we're putting out. Yes, a CD. Don't know how you're going to play it. Most computers don't even have CD drives anymore. Cars, uh, you know, I don't even know where to get a CD player, but we're going to be doing... Now, that's the best Live from the Studio Moments Volume 1. Uh, you're going to get all the hits from the first 10 episodes, uh, <laughs> including when we recorded over a podcast with another podcast. Uh, it's going to include some of the footage from the Lost Damn Bridges episode, uh, along with, you know, excerpts, bloopers. Uh, director's you know, cuts. Director's cuts. We're going to do a commentary on a couple of the podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be very hard to understand what's actually happening because it's going to be us talking twice. Um, <laughs> it's actually very meta. It's very, very Scream-esque. Scream-esque. Uh, you sponsored us by Penis, correct? Yes, because like I was looking around the room frantically and I saw <laughs> penis written on your, your I notepad. just realized that uh, this podcast is also brought to you by Piss. 
Piss. Because you can't spell penis without piss. Can't spell piss without penis. And that's penis. fucking true. I just thought of that while I was taking a piss. Mm-hmm. There's little things like that that amaze me that it took me 29 <laughs> it's just years. just the little things. You know? <laughs> little things. It's the little things. When you're life. out there. A uh, couple more topics I want to get to. We're getting mm-hmm. increasingly more increasingly more relevant, close to home, coming at you. Um, my brother brought to my attention this morning that uh, he was looking through songs that are rated diamond songs. Mm-hmm. These are songs that have sold 10 million copies. Yes. And he's going through and he's reading this list of diamond songs. And there's only like 64 of them or something mm-hmm. like that, like a very small amount. And like so many of them are songs like Move Like Jagger by Maroon 5 and like some song by Extentacion Sad that like I barely remember. Mm-hmm. And like just like strange songs like that, like a couple Cardi B songs. Yeah. And I'm sitting and there's no Michael Jackson songs mm. that I'm aware of. Uh somebody I used to know is one of them, which okay, good. I agree with that. But he we were going through and he was like Oh yeah, so like basically I was like, well, it doesn't seem fair to me that you're rating them on the same scale because it's based off copies sold. Yeah, but also like streaming now, I think like it takes like 10 streams or some shit to equal one album sold. But that and Michael Jackson wasn't on streaming until like last year. But that's still like cuz he did explain the conversion rates, but that still doesn't add up because But also a lot of the labels buy like bots to just constantly stream artist songs that and too. then they get the fucking numbers up for free dude you can't fake an album sale in the 90s no like if you well, that was the craziest thing about like um fucking i think it was like kanye versus 50 cent like i think it was like um uh, i forget if it was college dropout i think it was college dropout came out and then 50 cents album came out and they had like you know they're having like a you know a sales war against each other and like, they sold like almost a million copies, and that's people buying physical CDs. Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. fucking crazy. It's it's hard. Like when they try to come up with like the uh, when they try to come up with the conversion rate, like oh x amount of plays equals this many uh, you know album sales. It's like that's hard to quantify because back in the eighties, you would have to hear a song. And you'd have to like it so much mm-hmm. that you got up out of your bed. Not it's not 2022 where you're sitting, laying in bed. You wake up in the morning. You go, oh, how's that song? I like that song. I think I'll listen to that while I'm making breakfast. And you fucking type it into YouTube and you fucking play it on your Bluetooth speaker while you're mm-hmm. making your fucking scrambled eggs. That's not that wouldn't have counted. Yeah. In 1983, you had to like that song so much that you said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make my scrambled eggs. I'm going to eat them. I'm going to get dressed. I'm going to brush my teeth. I'm going to drive to Target. I'm going to go into Target, spend $12 on this CD, then take it back home, put it in my CD player, and listen to it. Why? Because I like this one song so much. And I'm going to listen to the other 12 songs because I have them. Yeah. And see if I like any of these ones. But I'm really just here because I like this one song. And that took like at least 45 minutes out of my day that's a fucking copy sold yeah you cannot compare that to what what he was saying like something like 1500 spotify streams or something 1500 plays is a copy sold and it's like okay well if you're gonna start factoring in plays to that then how about how many times has the song billy jean been played on the radio since it came out in 1983 take every radio station in the world for the past 30 
uh, 39 years, mm-hmm. 39 years, every radio station in the world, how many times has that song been played on the radio? And how come those aren't being factored into the... If you're going to factor in plays, and you got to factor in all plays, there is I not... Mean, it's, it's just a marketing strategy at the end of the day. I know, and I don't give a shit, but the po- <laughs> the bigger point of play here I mean, is Michael Jackson doesn't care. He's dead. Yeah, he's dead. Yeah, he's dead. But like you, it's more of like a principle thing where it's like you have to start wondering um, if your conversion rate is flawed when you're noticing that the vast majority radioactive. By Imagine Dragons. Mm. Radioactive, radioactive. That song is apparently a better song, more popular than Thriller. Than anything Michael Jackson's <laughs> ever done. Anything he's ever done. Damn. Thrift Shop by Macklemore. Mm-hmm. More popular than anything Journey's ever done. Lady Gaga's got like four. Call Me Maybe. Okay. I okay. like these songs, though. Uptown Funk. Yeah, great song. Roar by Katy Perry. I don't even remember that song. Oh, the woman song? You're gonna hear me roar. Whatever. Yeah. That's that's Diamond. Let's see. Royals by Lord. Hmm. Okay. All About That Bass. Because you know I'm all about that bass. About that bass. No treble. Terrible song. Despacito. Firework by Katy Perry. Okay, okay, okay. Oh my God. Lose Yourself by Eminem. Okay, maybe. Yeah. I could see that song being Diamond. Love the Way You Lie. Eminem's got so many in here now, I think about it. Blurred Lines by Robin Thicke. Ooh. From the music video alone. I got a feeling. Hoo-hoo. You got Party Rock. You got Counting Stars by One Republic. We'll be, we'll <laughs> be the- counting stars. <laughs> Are you just going to read all these off or what's the point you're getting to? <laughs> My point is, is that is there a fucking co- dark horse? I can't, I wanted to stop reading after a couple, but I can't stop reading because everything I'm reading is like, are you kidding me, dude? How, if you're, if you're a stats analyst, mm-hmm. and this is, this is, we're dealing with the, the best and brightest in our country, apparently. These guys are making billions of dollars in the music industry. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at a list of 64 Diamond songs and uh, 51 of them are on the same fucking tier as I'm in love with the shape of you by Ed Sheeran, you've got a flawed system. Shape of you is a good song. I'm not saying these aren't good. There's plenty of good songs that aren't Diamond songs, dude. Yeah. There's good songs and there's diamond this is the yeah. best i mean but also you gotta, you gotta think like um is this just for u.s plays or is this global i think it's I don't global. Know how it works i think it's global um i mean until recently not recently recently but like you know spotify came out like in the last 20 years right mm-hmm. like for music to get like the the running joke back in the day was like oh shit like fucking you know in uh turkey or whatever they're still listening to fucking the beatles Mm because they just got that over there last week fucking turks you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so like right now everyone around the world has instant access to all the new music at the same time so i wonder if it has to do with that like or uh you know maybe some countries banned michael jackson they're not getting plays in china or some shit i don't know let me propose an ulterior perspective here Mm -hmm. you're looking at a list of 64 diamond songs uh, virtually no song made before the year 2000 
is in here beside from a couple absolute fucking magnanimous bangers. Mm-hmm. Um, unless your theory is that suddenly every single song made after 2000 is much more influential and much better than any song made before 2000, then your theory is flawed. Not your theory, mm-hmm. but the people who are judging this. Here's what I would do. Since we invented fish scale, fat system, we're going to come up with this on the spot. But I think this is a decent idea here. All right, I got... 10 minutes before I got to go. Oh, really? Is it going to work? Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Think of the most popular song ever. Um, Happy Birthday. No. I like mean, like, just song. like, like fucking like a real song. Okay. Um, let's go with Single Ladies. I feel like that's a very popular song. All right, how about song. this? How about this? Let's think of a very popular song from, like, the old era. Like, this 80s. Okay. Let's just do, um... Hello, darkness, my old friend. All right. Okay. okay. This is not the one you want to pick. What did you want to pick? <laughs> I think maybe something like Billie Jean. Something okay. that's just Billie like Jean. a dance yeah, banger. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Billie Jean. Let's say, it doesn't even matter what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. Let's say Billie Jean got 1 billion, or, or let's say it got 50 million, let's say it got 50 million copies sold. Mm-hmm. These are completely fucked up, made up numbers. Now let's take a song that came out last year by Cardi B, mm-hmm. and let's say that got one billion plays. Cardi B, one billion plays. You either have to explain to me how a song that a uh, uh, one of Cardi B's top ten songs, just one of them, not the number one, just a top ten song, yeah, is better than Billie Jean. In terms of popularity and cultural influence and sales. Mm-hmm. Or we need to start converting 50 million sales in 1983 equals 1 billion in 2022. Yeah. There could be, you know, there could be a thing of inflation that needs to be implied or applied. But you got to think about it this way, too. Like, the same way, like, billionaires will, ho- will hire a, um accountant to, like, look through all their shit to be like, all right... There's a loophole here where if you know we we put all your money in a a fucking shitty looking NFT, you don't have to pay taxes on it. Mm-hmm. If you do this, then you know you can you know uh, say it's an investment, take it all out of your taxes. If you do this, da 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 da. You got to think the record labels are doing the same shit. Like for a while, they just had to change one of the the um the way like record sales were recorded. Mm-hmm. recently artists would do like bundles on their website so they'd bundle a merch they'd be like all right buy a t-shirt um it comes with a free download for the album so that means they get one album sale off that t-shirt mm-hmm. so artists would be able to like put out merch drops like that's what travis scott was doing for a while where he'd be like all right for astroworld i'm there's two weeks that i'm going to be doing a new merch drop every day for the album each merch drop every item comes with a free version of the album so if you buy a shirt on day one and then day seven, that's two extra album sales. Artists would be able to do like pre-orders for, you know, merchandise before the album even comes out. Get like, you know, thousands of t-shirt sales that transfers to album sales. And then the day the album comes out, it's already diamond or like gold or platinum or whatever the fuck. Mm. Um and that's what they do now on streaming too. Like, 
the single goes a long way for album sales because like you said like however many plays of one song counts for an album sale 1500 if drake puts out a single before his album he can instantly be platinum the moment the full album comes out like fucking god's plan it's like all right this has a billion streams that equivalent or that equals the record already being gold before it even comes out or whatever the fuck the mm-hmm. numbers are um yeah i think it's just it's so probably just argument like for what i'm saying or against no, it it's probably more so like whoever owns michael jackson's music rights right now doesn't give a fuck about him going platinum or, or diamond. I think it's the Beatles own it. Paul McCartney owns it. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe he's trying to do some shit there. I think Paul McCartney does own Michael Jackson's music. Maybe. I don't Somehow. Know. I don't fucking know. <laughs> um, You said you really do have to go in 10 minutes? Yeah, I think so. All right. And we can wrap it up. Hell yeah. We'll get some new. We'll come into some more pressing issues on Thursday. Yeah, I was, I was a little late. Sorry. I was it's all good. setting up the TV for my parents. It's all good. Um, shit, anything coming up this week? Not really. Um, just fucking catch me at Eric Glazer on everything and, uh, at LFTS podcast on everything. Hell yeah. Um, let's see guys, this weekend, uh, this coming weekend, catch me at, well, of course, you know, every Tuesday at Perennial in Towson from 5 to 8.30, we got every Wednesday night from the new and improved time of 8.30 to 12.30 at the horse you came in on with the new and improved lineup of me and Jason Heiser on the drums as the dynamic duo. Hell yeah. And then we'll be back at the horse on Friday for sophomore second Fridays at the horse. The band is there 10 to close. Me, John Burkhart, Joe Niehaus. Also, completely forgot to drop, major plug. We just were featured on Baltimore Hit Parade. Uh, on WTMD, um, it was actually really funny because <laughs> they played the song, and then the narrator said, "Sophomore is a new project out of Baltimore, featuring John Burkhardt of Thunder Club and some other musicians." <laughs> Hell yeah! And I was like, "Let's go!" So if you want to see the real sophomore, you got to come out and see John Burkhardt and at, some other musicians, and some other musicians, <laughs> which may or may not include me, Joe. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? That's Friday, February 11th from 10 to close at the horse you came in on. Um, follow at Sophomore MD. We just went certified diamond based off the fucked up new way of rating things. Uh, the news, uh, 30,000 plays. That is equivalent to 10 billion in Bitcoin or something. Hell yeah. Don't quote me on it. Uh, and uh, yeah, like you said, dude, at LFTS Podcast across the board, at Jimmy Seleski, at Eric Glazer. We'll catch y'all next time. Peace. Peace.